I am Ben Doc Askins, the psychedelic science war storyteller, and this is the Anti-Hero's Journey Podcast. Hey everybody, Doc here. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want it to be possible for me to continue to make it, then I'm going to need you to go to my store at antiheroesjourney.com and buy my audiobook and my ebook in one of the many translations available, or go to shop and pick out some of my stuff t shirts and hats and pet bandanas and bikinis and scented candles and all sorts of nonsense, all the things you could ever want and never need. And get 10% off with the code, all caps, FRIEND10. Go to antiheroesjourney.com and use the code, all caps, FRIEND10 to get 10% off anything that you could ever want there. I appreciate your support. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. What's up, Antiheroes Journeyers? Doc Askins coming at you with another Q5 podcast where I bring some of my favorite people on and ask them some of my favorite questions. Got five of them lined up for you here. And boy, have I got a treat for all of you. Got my friend Daniel Truex on. He is the CEO for Guard Logic, an Inc. 5000 fastest growing private company for both 2022 and 2023. He was the company commander of the 940th Military Police Company. He spent 26 years in the military, including five deployments. He's also a lieutenant with the Lexington Police Department here in Kentucky. 17 years of service, numerous positions to include detective in the Crimes Against Children Unit and Major Violators Unit, sergeant in the Special Victims Unit and Violent Crimes Unit, and a patrol lieutenant. Most importantly, however, he's been married for 13 years to his wife, that's not redundant, and two daughters, Olivia and Amelia. He's got an official company bio and a website that he's going to send me for us to throw into the show notes later. But for right now, I think that's plenty of an introduction to the man, the myth, the legend, Daniel Truex. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Yeah, thank you. And I, I like how you could not resist getting a jab in, in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I know who I'm talking to, and I know that yeah. I need to go on the offense immediately. So this is going to be a fun time. Yeah. How many of you done? Is this, is this, what number is this out of curiosity for, I'm sorry, I told you I asked you a bunch of questions. So yeah, he's going to interrogate me on this one and then we'll see how the tables go. This is the 24th one that we've recorded, I think, but the order of how they'll be released will be different. So I don't even know. You might be in like season 22 or I might bury this episode. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) That would make sense (laughs) to your listeners. I will be the least interesting of those 24. So if you're starting here, it's not on him. I'd start somewhere else first. <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell. And I'll yeah, be, and I'll be the judge out. and I will judge harshly. <laughs> Fair. So I like to ask these five questions typically in my therapy practice as preparation for ketamine assisted psychotherapy sessions, but we're not being assisted in any way shape or form by any type of medicines. This is just raw and uncut Daniel Truex answering questions like what's your story my friend? Yes, and uh, just to clarify, yeah, definitely nothing <laughs> drug-related <laughs> involved in this due to my many, many careers and uh, personal choices. But yeah, so story starts out, I had great parents, 
You know, so many people start their story with, yeah, my parents were terrible. They're abusive. They're alcoholic. No, I had great parents. Grew up in this just kind of this traditional middle class upbringing, both parents in the household and just really good parents. One of the weird things we had was no TV in the house. And at the time, as a child, I hated that. Thought it was so weird. Hated telling friends that, but, you know, you can't talk about whatever TV show was on at the time. I don't know because I didn't have a TV, but that would have been in the 80s. So just get awkward talking about it anyways. One of those things that I'm so grateful for now, which I won't cover that my grateful for portion question, but yeah, just a great upbringing. And father had a really, really uh, strong work ethic. Mother was mostly stayed home. She did some stuff on the side here and there, but yeah. And so hit that age where I started becoming an adult and I started looking at colleges on the way to the University of Louisville to talk to their admissions counselor. I saw a Marine Corps recruiting station and uh, much to my mother's dismay, I was flying out for boot camp two days later. <laughs> yeah. So really good decision-making process on my part. 17 years old. You don't even have like a whole brain. You're not even close. So that's, that's a common yeah, that story, right? But yeah, no, not a solid decision-making process. And so, yeah, two days later, I'd asked for guaranteed infantry, which was a, Apparently not much of a guarantee. I was like between that and Cook, you pretty much always get it right. But I thought, hey, this is this is what I want to do. So you're just gonna walk in the door and bunt. Why not? <laughs> oh yeah. Can you give me guaranteed inventory? And was like, mm, I'll do my best. Uh, we got right? a long wait list here. <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one, but you know what? You know, ASFAB score was decent, right? But uh, <laughs> we'll it's good in. enough to be infantry, anyways. Nice. Yeah. So did four years in Marine Corps, third battalion, third Marines. I actually got out August, early August, 2001. So right before September 11, 2001, thought for sure I was going to get called back. Of course, that was just me not really knowing how the system worked. But when I didn't, I had a friend in the National Guard that I worked with, and he said, you should try this. And of course, as you've seen my decision-making process, right? So I was like, oh, sure, I'll try that. I'm going to not sign away four years of my life with barely knowing anything about it. One weekend a month, two weeks in the summer. What's that? That's not so bad, right? <sighs> That's wildly inaccurate is what that is. <laughs> my current 26 years has told me that. But yeah, so about 11 months after that, after I signed up for the Guard, I was in Kuwait. That was late 2002, 2003. We were on that initial push forward. We were behind 3rd ID. That was with the 223 or 223rd Military Police Company. Got back. Decided I wanted to go back immediately. So 11 months after that, I was in back in Iraq that time doing uh, patrols in Baghdad mostly. And that was for 2003, I'm sorry, 2004 to 2005. And then did my fifth deployment. I did two non-combat deployments in the Marine Corps, just to get that out there. So then, then my fifth deployment finally was in 2011, Operation New Dawn, also in Baghdad. Did some PSD, some tower stuff. Interesting deployment. Handed it off back to the Iraqis, which was a whole nother, <laughs> another story. Yeah, that's where you and I met for the first time, buddy. Yes, I'll be honest with you. Like that was the like no action really on that deployment whatsoever. I think there were some mortars or something, but yeah, IDF was about it. Yeah, also the worst deployment of my entire five. Like th that was for whatever reason, one of the shortest and worst. But anyways, on my fourth deployment, I had a squad leader, Joel Bowen. Did you ever meet Joel Bowen? No, I never have. He was assigned. I was a squad leader, and uh, he was assigned as my medic, interestingly enough. And he was a Lexington police officer, and he would always tell these stories while we were out on patrol about being a police officer back in Lexington. I was like, man, that sounds like fun. I've got to do that. So, of course, I applied while I was overseas, and 30 days after I got back, 2006, for that one, I started the police academy, which I've been doing for the last 17 years now, 17 and a half, something like that. So I currently do that. I'm still a police officer. I'm a patrol lieutenant. 
Lexington Police Department. Then I'm still in the military as well. So I am currently actually the company commander for the 940th. And this is something that will only be weird to your military listeners. But I actually, so I, <laughs> I went up the enlisted side all the way to uh, battalion CSM. And that's kind of a hard story for probably most people to believe if they uh-huh. know the, the structure. Yeah. And then I commissioned because, again, decision making process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You see these themes throughout my life, right? Yeah. <laughs> the hero's journey, if you will. It's, it's a big cycle. It just puts you in a circle and recirculates you over and over again. Yeah, I always felt like I was like somewhere between one and a hundred steps behind you career-wise. Like, talk about poor decision-making. I enlisted at 27 and uh, had a whole brain and still decided to go in. And then made E6 overnight. And when we went on that deployment, you were in E7 and just then you shot up like lightning to be a sergeant major. And I stayed in E6 for another six years after that. And then I leapfrogged. I was trying to leapfrog around you and get ahead of you by going to IPAP, the inner service physician assistant program and and become an officer. And then you went ahead and joined the dark side while I was away so that you could be a butter bar. And I couldn't even make fun of you. (laughs) Like I was just gone. I missed out on that whole opportunity and then come back. And I'm supposed to make O3 in this accelerated program for you know medical providers or whatever and then you still got promoted like one month ahead of me because the army sucks at paperwork and it took them a full year to figure out how to get me to to be promoted to captain so i've never outranked you a single day of our careers and it just breaks my heart but how long have you been in 10 minutes yeah and i've been in 26 years like you're winning yeah it's 16 at this point it's 16 years at this point i've got you by a decade and we're the same rank that really should tell you all you need to know (laughs) well i I appreciate you you know like condescending to make me feel better about still never catching up did you have to go to bullock or did you get to skip that because you're no i had to go to that yeah okay so imagine being a former csm in bullock i mean just yeah that went oh yeah i just being a former e6 in bullock was like i buried both thumbs in my eyes all day every day just to make sure i knew i was still alive oh yeah i was 40 years old it was a blast <laughs> to finish out that question yeah so the police department in about 2017 2016 really i started like having this lack of fulfillment just kind of not feeling fulfilled so i'm in the military i'm promoting up i'm in the police department i'm promoting up i'm doing all these things And I really started exploring the why behind that and trying to figure that out. And I came to the conclusion that is I had never bothered to define what success was for me. And so what I had been doing is I've been living other people's definitions of success. The people around me are saying, promote to this rank and you'll be successful. The people around me are saying, you know, do this on the police department, you'll be successful. And I was doing that. And then I was wondering, why don't I feel fulfilled? Right. And so I went through just some soul searching that's, you know, that I wasn't midlife then, but well, maybe midlife crisis of sorts. Right. And just trying to figure out. It's hard to predict without knowing the end. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I've got my life planned out to 122. So I think I'm good. Anyways. I'm going for 111. So again, you'll beat me. Goals. <laughs> what I realized is I just hadn't defined success for myself. And so I spent that time actually doing that at that point. And that led to several things. But one of those was. Uh, creating my own company. So Guard Logic, I did that with a friend. It's gone through a name change. It started off as a different name. We did that. We, I mean, I'm gonna tell you the first year was brutal. So we did about seven thousand in revenue, not profit, in revenue the first year. I'm like, and what is Guard Logic, the company? So physical security. Thank your unarmed security guards. We do some contracted off-duty police. We do some event stuff, breeders cut, or yeah, breeders got derby, um, some music festivals, things like that. But yeah, so. 
started that, started out 7,000 revenue. Like this is not working. It's a terrible idea. It's really painful, but kept at it, pivoted, changed our focus a little bit. And then it just started growing really and rapidly. We've built that today. We're in three states and about 250 employees currently and a lot of big goals, a lot of big aspirations for the future. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's awesome, man. I didn't know you were in three states already. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, just one step at a time, honestly. It's We've had clients that have asked us to go like, hey, can you go here? I'm like, sure can. <laughs> will do. Have gun, will travel. Yeah. Any other states you'd like. And then finally, my family, you know, save the best for last, right? But I have a wife, 13 years, Melissa. You mentioned the intro there. Two daughters, eight and 12. Amelia's eight. My uh, daughter, Olivia, is 12. They're both great, way better than I am. So that's awesome. And I have no idea why, but <laughs> I love them both dearly. So all three, I should say, my wife included in that. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, you know, I see you posting like taking them out on runs and all of that sort of stuff, like doing 5Ks with your kiddos and things like that are pretty awesome. You know, when we met in 2011, I remember you were doing like the gallon of milk a day challenge sort of diet and just lifting heavy and now you look like you're an actual ketone body and might be <laughs> might just blow away the next time that the wind shifts or something Thank you. like that yeah i'd make some kind of disease joke but then one of your listeners would have it and i'd be bad and mean again <laughs> but i get those jokes so yeah yeah and now you're a runner basically like you move from being a power lifter to a runner which is pretty significant for most people can't make the transition right yeah, holistic health. So I definitely still lift, but it's not for size, right? I And 2011 taught me a valuable lesson because I was doing all that stuff. I mean, just, and I got big, I, I got up to like 230 pounds and, you know, I could lift a bunch, but, and then I went out and tried to run and I got up 11 feet and I was like, I can't breathe. I was like, <laughs> I'm really working super hard. Yeah. I was like, yeah. this can't be I've healthy. Been there. So yeah. I decided to focus more on actual health and functional longevity is now my goal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I need to find that. Yeah. That's the good stuff. Yeah. And we wind up like sharing texts occasionally about like, Hey, have you tried this particular diet? I do have some, yeah. I've got some questions. Diet or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like PRP and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such rich, platelet rich plasma. But does it work? (laughs) But does it work? It doesn't do nothing. I'll give you that much. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Neither does rat poison. Everything has its risks, its benefits, and its alternatives is how we wind up having to talk about that stuff, right? What a story. Like, you just ran through decades and decades in, like, 15 minutes there, and I know you kind of undersold certain parts, but I'm glad you were willing to share that much with us. To your listeners, it felt like 30 minutes, maybe an hour. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all listening at double speed, so don't worry about that. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's that's the way to do it. sound real high-pitched and weird. Yeah, that's my move, too. But given the story question is all about your past and your memories. And then the second question is more about the future and where you're headed. So what are your intentions going forward? Yeah. And that's such a broad question, right? I mean, there's so many ways to answer that and so much to do, you know, and I've really worked lately on self-coaching as in getting better at asking myself questions and then working through those answers. I've had a lot of paid mentors, a lot of paid coaches, but really working on that aspect. Cause I really, I was thinking about this and I'm so intentional in my business. You know, we have our quarterly planning sessions and our KPIs and daily huddles and all these things that we do to make the business success. And I want to become that intentional in the rest of my life. Like, why am I not doing that? I'm not, I'm not talking about a rigid, non-flexible manner where, you know, it's like step one, two, three, and, you know, you don't deviate from the 
I want to become more intentional, all that. So what I really want to do is become a better coach myself. I want to build the business, but I don't want to do that at the expense of the rest of my life. I want to have a lot of fun doing it. There's so many cliched things that at least are partly true. It's not the end, it's the journey, you know, and that is a cliche, but there's a lot of truth to that too. Cause if you cannot enjoy right now, then like, why are you doing it? You're not going to reach some magical end point. And so for me, I'm a very future oriented person. I really, when I joke, I have financial modeling for my life all the way to 122. I have my life goals to about 2037 right now. Like I'm, I'm not joking about that weirdness. Okay. Yeah. I know you're not joking. Maybe the audience doesn't, but I know that that's exactly what you would do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just lost 20% of your listeners. Like, pew, <laughs> <going> down. <laughs> Thin the herd as much as you want, buddy. We're going to keep the diehards, and that's all I really wanted yeah, to begin with. There you with. go. Yeah, just more like watching a train wreck, right? But so focusing on that self-coaching and then really getting to the point where I am, and I do now, right? I've got that, but I want to kind of maintain that sense of enjoying that trip along the way and being there for everything from my children to just being in that moment. And I know that's kind of a vague answer, but people like me who are so future-oriented, we struggle with that stuff. We struggle with being in the moment. It's like, what am I, where am I going to be at in three years? Where am I going to be at 10, 20? You know, I can spend all day lost in my head thinking about that. And so my intentions, just simply put, to go back to it, is to be as intentional with the rest of my life as I am with my business. And that really does include focusing on doing the micro things right now to be successful in the bigger things, that bigger picture stuff. The final thing I would say there, and this is not just a, like oh, caveat this onto the end and like I got to say giving back, but it really is finding a way to give back based on my own experiences. I really do want to get into coaching on some level. And, you know, I've seen so many people or so many life coaches out there right now with no life experience. And I just it drives me insane seeing that and getting on there. But finding a way to do that and give back in a way that is genuinely based off my own experiences and to help people that I can actually help the right people to improve their life and just say, Hey, these are my experiences. Maybe they'll help you. Maybe they won't. But if that's a, a just a kind of a very broad overview nutshell of what my intentions would be for the remainder of my life. Yeah. That future orientation is something I think a lot of people with your level of leadership experience and background share in common, you know, constantly looking at the horizon, right? Like we evolved to have eyes up high on our head and on the front of our face for a reason, right? Evaluating for threats and seeing what's coming our way and, and all of those sorts of things. And some people make good use of that and some people don't, and, and that's okay. Strategic Navigators reduced my income tax bill by over 50%. These guys save entrepreneurs anywhere from 40 to 60% on their income taxes. Click the link in the description to schedule a call and see what these guys can do for you. If you enjoy paying as much as possible in taxes, then just ignore everything I just said. That you have that future orientation, I think that's going to resonate with a whole lot of people. The issue becomes like that space in between, like you're looking out to the future with just your imagination, really, and you're looking back to the past with just your memory, and then you've got this whatever it is that we call the present moment right in the middle there, and being able to kind of inhabit that and occupy it. One of the things that helps me kind of collapse down the memories and the imaginations into the present moment is just a practice of gratefulness and taking a moment to think about all the things that I'm grateful for. So that's why the third question is, what are you grateful for? 
<laughs> nice segue. I like it. But yeah, but you're 100% accurate. And I do, you know, I practice meditation. I practice gratefulness. And so I'm going to start out with the, again, the cliched one. Lots of cliches for you here, which you will appreciate being the, the philosopher that you are. You know, my wife. And here's why, though. Let me give a very specific reason for why my wife, besides the fact that she might be listening to this later. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, yeah, true. We I probably we probably already lost her. But no, the honest answer is is that you know we're very different people. And there's so many people that are like, oh, your wife's or you know your spouse, whatever, your wife, husband, whatever, spouse. You need to be aligned, and you need to be on the same trajectory, and you need to both be shooting. You know, if your thing is doing this, and you're just trying to maintain it even killed, then that's what your partner needs to be. If you're shooting for the stars, they need to be the same thing. And we're not. We're totally different. I'm super driven, and she is much more in the now. And so it's a good balance. But here's what I'd say about it, why I appreciate it. Because one, she's married to me and you have you have to have a certain level of pain tolerance to do that, right? But I'm going off, I'm like, hey, honey, I'm going to go to, uh, you know, I'm a police officer and I'm in the military still. I think I'm going to start a company. What are your thoughts? And she's like, oh, you know, if you think that's what's best. Well, uh, which days of the week are you going to spend on that? Uh, all of them? Oh, yeah. okay, great. Yeah, yeah. But she's never complained once. Like not one time, we've been together 15 years, married for 13. Wow. I have not heard her complain once. Yeah. And so to me, it's just like, I hear so many people like, oh yeah, I do that. But my wife would just, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know, I don't experience that. So I can't empathize, I guess there, but yeah, so grateful for that. But, you know, to go on to that a little, a little deeper into the things I'm grateful for, there are so many things, like there's infinite things. I take my daughters both once a month out on daddy daughter dates. So we'll just go wherever they want to go to dinner. Usually sometimes we'll go do an event or something, but, and I was just sitting with my youngest daughter, Amelia at blaze pizza. Yeah. That's a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. And we were sitting outside, weather was perfect. And it was just one of those moments where I did really click into the now. Right. And I was just like, man, this is so awesome. And I, I don't do that often. So it was especially nice for me, but those moments, and then I look at the bigger picture stuff that I'm super grateful for. And, you know, I have so much opportunity in my life. Like the fact that I can just like, hmm, I'm going to go start a business and just keep plugging away at it. Or, and this is a big one for me, the ability to change who I am or the circumstances I find myself in, right? I think that for me, it's just like, you don't have to necessarily accept, like I have so many flaws and you don't have to accept them. You can constantly improve who you are. And the ability and the opportunity to just do that to me is something I am like, I don't know, maybe it just seems, I guess, trite to a lot of people, but like, if I don't want to be this out of shape, then I can go change that. Like I was in 2011. I can get online and do research. Like a hundred years ago, you had to figure it all out yourself mostly or find somebody else, you know, there's nothing you can't find on the internet just about now. Good for better and worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So those are some of the things I'm, I'm very, very grateful for. You know, the more you look for gratitude, the more you'll find it. That's why the practice itself is so important, I think. So you're grateful for your family and the internet, it sounds like. Yeah, thanks for really dumbing it down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you pretty much know Me too, bro. Me too. I am an internet, man. It's the more you need. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff you can find, you can find anything. You can find anything on the internet. Yeah, okay. No, I mean, that's a great list of things to be grateful for. With all of that gratefulness and all of your story and all of your intentions, what are you creating? There's six things that I want out of life. I want beautiful experiences. I want excitement. You're going to count and I'm going to get one off, right? I want fulfillment. I want control of my time and space. What do we have? Five? And hard things. Oh, 
Well, which one did I miss? I said beautiful experiences. I don't know, man. You made them all uh, in real time too. Like that's what you're being present about. This. I, know. I don't feel like you counted fulfillment, or maybe I had that twice. I don't know. Anyways, but hard things was definitely one of the last ones in there because I don't want to leave that one out. There was like six pack abs. Was that the sixth? Thing? <sighs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> just airbrush them on like the 300 no. movie but those are the things that i want out of life right and so that's what i'm trying to create but ultimately what i want to create is just a better version of myself you know i am a and i'll answer this later i think in more detail in, in one of your other questions but i'm a very flawed human being and we all are and so with that being a true statement if any statement can be true per doc askins more or less true is all we now, get to play with right then I feel like there's just, it's constantly seeking that incremental improvement and trying to really create a better version of who I am. And that is such a challenge. See, now reading parts of your book, I'm scared to use like absolutes or really say anything's 100% true, but. It's my podcast. It's your episode. You can be as yeah. absolute or anti-absolute as you want, my friend. But I think what we all want or a lot, what a lot of people want out of life is this massive instant change, right? And they want like, again, the, the overnight success or whatever. And I, that stuff doesn't exist. Generally speaking, it just doesn't, right? It's, and so again, going back to the journey and seeking these constant incremental improvements and just being a little bit better today than I was yesterday and better tomorrow than I am today. I don't know how that comes across from somebody outside listening, but it's something that I truly mean. I mean, I just, I see all the internal flaws. You know, we all live in the center of our universe. I talk about self-coaching. One of the things I'm trying to do is step out of my own center of the universe. You know, that's how we all see things and step out and see, really work on seeing myself for who I truly am. And I'll never be able to do that completely. There's always going to be some level of bias there that I just can't get past for blind spots. But stepping out and seeing those flaws for what they really are and then working to incrementally improve those. And understanding that's going to be a long journey until the journey just ends <laughs> abruptly hopefully at 122 in your case exactly on the dot yes which by the way will put me at year 2100 which is why i went there <laughs> anniversary it's all just about There's saying i was in three centuries there, huh? man i just want to say i lived in three centuries yeah, just just perfect attendance record that's all you want yeah or does 100 not count does it have to be 101 I mean, after like the first second rolls over after that, right? You're into the next I'm good. Century, okay. You know, just making sure I don't have to recalculate yeah. everything. That, uh, you know, all the numbers are imaginary numbers and all the lines are arbitrary Very lines. True, but, yeah. you know, whatever's important to you is important to me. Arbitrary goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what you're doing is describing like being fully human, being fully yourself, flaws and all, and figuring out how to integrate all the good, all the bad, everything integrating all the things. Yeah, very much. I mean, it's hard to accept yourself for who you are, right? And so what we tend to do is we ignore the flaws and we focus on the bio stuff that we say up at the front, right? And so I think what your listeners are getting here is I'm steadily getting worse. We're just identifying. <laughs> You're just downward yeah. spiraling. We can kick it back into an upward spiral anytime you want, though. That's the that's the fun. There's only two people the left watching journey. this. Who cares? <laughs> It's just you and me, if there's even that many of us. No, oh, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great segue to our fifth and final question, Daniel. Who are you really? Yes, and I actually think this is probably the best question you have. I mean, it's something I kind of touched on really already. I think identity is hugely, hugely important. 
And so I'm very careful about that. Anytime you have an I thought, like an I am thought, especially I am this, you need to, I mean, like a red flag should pop up in your head. And that's something I've been working on personally, because we're sending messages to ourselves about who we are. And identity is not just who you are, it's who you become, right? And so if you start sending yourself all these negative messages or all these other things, I think that has a really, really strong impact on your future self. So I'm very, very careful about who or how I identify myself. And I see police do this all the time. And I see soldiers and military do this all the time. That's who they are. I'm, you know, Lieutenant Truex on the police department, or I'm Captain Truex in the military, and that's who they are. And I am Dan or Daniel, either one is fine. <laughs> so I avoid that, really. And we talked about the bio just a second ago, but that's what we do. We put all of our accomplishments, and that's who we want to say we are. If you look at my social media pages, they're very carefully curated, right? It's not like, hey, here's my list of flaws. And let me tell you, and I think there's a good reason to do that, obviously. But on the same time, that's not who we really are. And if you look at somebody's social media page, you are seeing the best version of themselves that they can put out there, which in some ways is extremely scary going on social media. But I think who I am is the person I am that when everything else is stripped away, except for the things that I can control, which is really largely my thoughts, right? My thoughts, my responses, my reactions. And again, that journey of self-coaching is this is how I really came to the conclusion that I am such a flawed human being. My reactions aren't perfect. My thoughts aren't perfect. I like to be in control. And simple things can sometimes just like, I, you know, here's a perfect example of a flawed experience for me that's really minor. First off, or DoorDash and Uber eats sometimes. So judge me for that. But, and I don't know how they so consistently get the order wrong between the restaurant and the, the DoorDash or the Uber eats. Like, <laughs> it's impressive. Like how often it's wrong. It's like designed in yeah. somewhere. All right. This is the thing we well, we're going to test you and who you really are. <laughs> ongoing experiment you're doing. But anyways, you know, and so I get a call from a DoorDash, like an hour and a half into it from their customer service, like just telling me that we've had an app outage and, you know, your food's not getting delivered, even though you're starving and angry. And ask me if I want, you know, I want a DoorDash credits. I'm like, why on earth would I want DoorDash credits? You can't deliver them. No, what am I going to do with them? I want more not deliveries from you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but my reality, like, really? Is that a big deal? Like, is in two years, is that going to have anything? And or can you name, like, like, we all get angry or a lot of people get angry when they're driving, right? And then somebody cuts sure. them off or whatever. Sure. Tell me one that happened to you three and a half years ago. And you can't remember it. And like, I can't remember it. But I know that in that moment, I got angry or frustrated or whatever. And that is such a waste of emotion, right? And that's such a waste of, and it just really points out to how flawed I really am, right? You can I be the CEO or the you know captain or lieutenant or whatever. But ultimately, when you strip all that away, I'm just, I am a flawed human being that hopefully recognizes that, I can't say fully, but mostly. And then again, goes back to working to improve myself just a tiny bit incrementally every day. And to improve it and realizing that there's it's going to be a loop, right? I'm going to have some success and then bam, failure. And then just hopefully slowly improving upward spiral instead of the downward spiral like this podcast. But <laughs> yeah, so the spiral goes both ways. It just depends. Yeah. So I'm just, and again, it just goes back to what I'm trying to do. I'm really trying to work on not, I guess, controlling my thoughts, but also recognizing them before I have that reaction. You know, that gap, again, that's what they talk about a lot in meditation, right? And I've been meditating for years, and God bless. I don't know when it gets better, but hopefully it does. Because it's just not, you know, not perfect, and it never will be either. So to sum it up, I'm a very flawed individual. 
you know, the level of candor and authenticity that you're bringing just to this conversation is something that I greatly appreciate. And I've always appreciated about you, like that you find a way to be a leader in this holistic sort of integrated way that is uncommon in some of the cultures where you and I have spent some shared time. And I've always appreciated that about you. It's something that I've always looked forward to anytime we got the chance to chew some of the same dirt along the way or whatever. (laughs) Would have been fun to go to Bullock with you, even though two different fields, that would have been fun. (laughs) Oh man, it was so painful. They were like, all right, we're going to do land nav. And I was like, all right, uh, fun. Uh, me and this nurse, we took off, man. Did you run? You run it? <laughs> yeah, we were. Oh, yeah, we yeah. finished like an hour ahead of everybody else in the medical, yeah. whatever. You know, like she was super pumped. I was like, can we take a nap? Are we done yet? <laughs> Why me? Why did I do this? Yeah, and that's like my favorite thing, right? Is just getting lost in the woods to begin with. But yeah, it still wasn't fun. They find a way to make it all not fun, right? Yeah, it's usually between the weather and something else. Like, oh, it's lighting. Yeah. And it's, it winds up being all about who you're with at that point, right? Yeah, very true. So many of the worst times of my life with the best people have ended up being the best times of my life, right? Yeah. yeah Some exactly. of the times in the Marine Corps were just, God bless, miserable. But with just people that I really just, you know, made it so much better. Yep. It's somehow sharing the MRE full of sand in the sandstorm with someone else makes it just a little bit more tolerable than eating now that sand by yourself. <laughs> very much so. It's been a pleasure, man. You got any final thoughts for our audience whoever's left yeah if any of, i was gonna say if any of them made it this far please call me i just want to figure out like what's your problem if you're still in there would you coach dan on some things he's always looking for coaches and self-coaches it's uh, yeah you're well multiple personalities right so makes self-coaching easier So am I the only person that doesn't have doctor on their name after this, in this podcast? Oh no. Yeah. There's, you know, tons of nobodies and somebodies or anybodies (laughs) that are on this thing. (laughs) Like I said, worst of 24 so far. Listen, it'll get to somebody worse eventually. In fact, I'll I'll send you a couple names, but. (laughs) To guarantee, just kind of pump up your numbers, make sure some of these other. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you after I kick you in the shins. That's the the mentality, right? Exactly. All right, brother. Well, it's been a, it's been a blast. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I I do appreciate the opportunity and love talking to you. So it's always great. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Doc out.